Hello and welcome to the Minimum Competence episode for Thursday, March 30th, 2023. I'm your host for today, Gina Leahy, a real estate and finance attorney from Philadelphia. In today's episode, we have FDIC considering allocating bank failure costs to larger banks, a proposed change to multi-district litigation rules, federal waters updates, the LIBOR scandal continues, and more Trump lawsuit updates and delays. Let's bust out the tie-downs and secure today's legal news to the roof of the family station wagon. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corp, FDIC, is reportedly considering directing a significant portion of the cost related to recent bank failures towards big banks. The FDIC is facing around $23 billion in costs related to the recent collapses of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, which have reportedly left the deposit insurance fund set to take hits. Officials are believed to be looking at limiting the strain on community lenders by shifting a sizable portion of the expense towards much larger institutions, some of whom could already face multi-billion dollar bills. This approach is being seen as the most politically acceptable option. Questions have been raised about who will pay for the failures, particularly after a decision to backstop all of the bank's deposits. These moves saved tech startups and wealthy customers, whose balances far exceeded the FDIC's typical limit on coverage. Talks about the size and timing of an assessment are in the early stages. A proposed new rule change for the management of multi-district litigation proceedings, or MDLs, has been met with a lukewarm reception from plaintiffs' attorneys. The proposed new Rule 16.1 outlines procedures for an initial management conference and advises the court to order parties to meet and provide a report before the first management conference. It also allows the court to enter a management order that controls the proceedings. However, some plaintiff's attorneys have questioned the need for new rules, saying that judges already have the tools to manage mass litigation effectively. They also argue that the proposed rule would replace judicial education with rigid standards, limiting the creativity of judges and parties to craft orders and procedures. Defense attorneys have also criticized the proposal for ignoring real problems with MDLs, such as appointing leaders and ensuring adequate representation for all plaintiffs. Some have said that MDL judges prefer to avoid rules with teeth to force settlement rather than engaging in pre-trial proceedings. The proposed rule is currently open for public comment, pending approval from the Judicial Conference's Standing Committee in June. The Senate has approved a Republican-led resolution to overturn President Biden's Waters of the U.S., or WOTUS, rule that expanded the definition of bodies of water protected by the Clean Water Act. The House had earlier passed a similar resolution. Neither chamber's votes was large enough to override a presidential veto, which the White House has confirmed will happen. The Biden rule essentially reinstated an Obama-era regulation that gave a broader definition of navigable waters and wetlands, which are subject to federal environmental protections. The interpretation of what qualifies as a body of water has been debated for 15 years, with the definition being narrowed or expanded according to the administration in power. Republican lawmakers argue that the WOTUS rule unfairly penalizes Americans and hinders growth. Democrats argue that the resolution will only increase uncertainty over water regulation, threaten the economy, agriculture, and clean water. The Supreme Court is expected to rule on the issue this year. 
Republicans have introduced a bill that would narrow the WOTUS regulation by excluding rain-induced ephemeral waters and other small waterways from federal jurisdiction under the Clean Water Act. In the U.S. District Court, Eastern District of New York, prosecutors have requested that U.S. criminal charges be dropped against two former SOCGen bankers for allegedly trying to rig the London Interbank Offered Rate, or LIBOR. The former head of the SOCGen Treasury Desk in Paris and her boss were charged in 2017 with preparing inaccurate LIBOR submissions in 2010 and 2011. The U.S. attorney did not provide reasons for the request to dismiss the case. By way of very brief background, the LIBOR scandal refers to the manipulation of the London Interbank Offered Rate, or LIBOR, a benchmark interest rate used in financial markets around the world by a number of major banks. The scandal broke in 2012 when it was discovered that traders at banks including Barclays, UBS, and Deutsche Bank had colluded to manipulate the LIBOR rate, artificially inflating or deflating it in order to benefit their own trading positions. LIBOR was supposed to reflect the interest rate that major banks in London charged each other for short-term loans. It was used as a benchmark rate for financial products such as mortgages, loans, and derivatives. The rate was set daily by a panel of banks, and it was supposed to represent the average interest rate at which banks could borrow money from one another. However, the scandal revealed that some of the banks on the panel were manipulating the rate to benefit their own trading positions and profits, leading to a loss of trust and credibility in the financial industry. The banks were fined billions of dollars by regulators and faced public backlash, leading to reforms of the benchmark rate-setting process. The scandal highlighted broader issues of misconduct and a lack of accountability in the financial industry. And for a quick update on a case that we've been covering here on Minimum Competence, a New York grand jury investigating former President Donald Trump's alleged role in a hush money payment to Stormy Daniels is expected to take a pre-scheduled break in April and is not expected to reconvene on the matter until after Easter. If indicted, Trump, who denies an affair took place, would become the first U.S. president to face a criminal charge in court. Trump faces several other criminal investigations, including one tied to the January 6, 2021 assault on the U.S. Capitol by his supporters. He maintains his false claims that his 2020 defeat was the result of fraud. Thanks so much for listening to Minimum Competence, your daily news podcast for lawyers. If you're looking for more than minimum competence, links to further reading on all of the topics touched on today are in our show notes. If you have questions or story suggestions, find us on Mastodon on the esq.social instance. I'm at Gina and my co-host Andrew is at Andrew. Reviews go a long way towards helping new listeners to find our show. If you have a moment and can leave a rating or review on your podcast player, we'd appreciate it. And if you know someone that might be interested in a story we cover, consider sending them the episode. Minimum Competence is available at minimumcomp.com and wherever you get your finely crafted podcasts. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And until then, keep your chin up and your competence to a minimum.